0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of AdelaMarcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, AdelaMarcy. And today, before we get started, uh, we're sponsored by Adelamarcy.com. as always, where you guys can go check out our previous shows and look at other guests that we had as have as well. Subscribe, leave a re- review, uh, you know, give us a rating as well, because I always love reading those and seeing how we can improve. Also sponsored by uh what's it called? Unlock the leader.com. That's our other sponsor, and I'm very, very happy to say that we got the actual man behind it, uh, Yigal Adato, or is that how you say his name,
1: Adato? That, that, you got it on the money, man.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's always like uh, Alex Sharif and our very good mutual friend actually was, <laughs> when he first introduced us, like, you both have weird names, In meet <laughs> each other. I was like, the man knows me. He, he knows I'm working with people with weird names. It's how we get, uh how we get rolling. But dude, thank you so much for being here today. It's been uh, one hell of a day, and I'm really, really glad that we got to spend... Um, this final slot just speaking to you because uh you know alex doesn't recommend just anyone to me and i know when he recommends someone it's usually a big rec- it's, it's a big thing so thank you so much for being here today
1: no man thanks for having me on and i agree alex you know recommended some podcasts here and there and you were one of the ones that he said this was a great time so i always love coming on a podcast with a host that is smart is funny and where we can have a good time speaking
0: Damn, I really need to get someone else to replace me then. I'm kidding. <laughs> all, all joking aside. But yeah, um, just a real quick heads up to everyone listening to this. Um, you guys are actually just an amazing person in general. Like, the little bit of research I did on this guy. I mean, you owned several businesses, including Pawn shops for a long time. Um, you've always been a family first kind of guy. But most importantly, you're now in, like, the area of... Uh, well, you've always been a business mentor, so more importantly, you're actually in the area of leadership now, where you're teaching other people how to like take charge and lead. Am I right? Or,
1: yeah, yeah, correct. So I, my first stint into business was actually trying to be a rock star, oh, wow. where I where I had a great time doing it. Uh, I was 18 years old, um, but I was broke. Man, it, it was. I had groupies. We were on tour, but I had no money to my name. So my brother opened up a pawn shop, and he said, "Hey, you know, I hate doing." The back end stuff, the paperwork, the accounting, dealing with like the lawyers. So I thought to myself, wait a second, man, I can work a couple of days a week, make money and still have groupies. I was like, this is awesome. This is the best thing ever. And then it just got really, really busy. The business started to grow. He offered me 50% and I was like, okay, let's, let's make some money. So I jumped in head first into the pawn shop business.
0: Damn, dude, that's awesome. So, I got to ask, what instruments did you play or can you still play?
1: So, I was just a singer, oh, wow. just flat out sang, and, and now I sing in the shower. <laughs> um, I sing to my wife, but I, I get my kicks from being on stage. Like, I loved being on stage by being a professional speaker about business and leadership. So, I'm still there. You know, I, I act in plays here and there, but I, I'm still on stage. I just don't play an instrument, so I can't really write music.
0: See, I know how that feels. because um, myself, I just used to play uh, drum and bass when I was younger, and now I just play ukulele. So it's a lot of it's it's like really strange how music can play such an instrumental way of um how do I put this like calming the brain down and then like focusing you on what you want to do because the stage is my home; it's where I love to be. Yeah, and it's just incredible. Now, something I really want to jump into here, more importantly, is you always said family is first, and this is something I picked up from you the moment we met because the first time we spoke on the phone, I think uh your daughter you you're just taking your daughter to school or some your daughter was there at some point and you're like oh no i was just hanging out with my daughter for a little bit before i got this school and it just struck me right away that you put family ahead of everything else it's like family first and everything else afterwards does that always been a thing or is that something that you kind of the older you got the more it became a thing to you
1: well, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My father, my uncle, my grandfather, they owned this very – they had a chain of pawn shops also, 15 stores, 150 employees, um, and they just worked their ass off. They worked a lot. And I remember being a kid and my father coming home from work at like 8, 9 o'clock at night, him being exhausted, working six days a week, 14 hours a day. My grandfather working seven days a week, you know, 15 hours a day. He was intense. And I just remember not spending a lot of time with my dad. And he would always say, you know, I'm doing it for you guys. I'm doing it for your future. I'm doing it so I can spend time with your mom on vacation. And then about five years ago, Adele, my, my father was diagnosed with Parkinson's and dementia. Oh, wow. So I have my father, who is my business mentor, right? He's, he's a brilliant man in business, who has all this money, all this success, And at the age of 65 years old, can't really talk well, can't walk well, has hallucinations from the medication, has six caregivers. I mean, you name the therapy, speech therapy, uh, movement therapy, he has to do it. And I just looked at that and I said, for what? You know, so two years ago, my wife and I, we had our, our first baby girl. And I told myself, I was like, okay, I made a choice. I want my daughter to have a happy father who's present, not just a successful one. So I put together like all these tools that I had used before in in building my business and how can I be more present? How can I be a great leader so that my employees can take on what I need them to do so that I can spend time at home? And that's what I created. And so when I created that in the pawn shop industry, I sold my pawn shops and I said, this is what I want to teach. I want to teach business owners how to make more, how to stress less, and how to be present with their families. You know, and and so a lot of people say like, well, how can you make more stress less and be present? You have to be a kick-ass leader to do it. And you have to be a leader in all aspects of your life, right? Like with your family, with your kids, with your employees, with your community. And there's ways of doing it. And that's what I teach.
0: That's incredible because it's something that very few people actually really truly understand and even embody is the giving back aspect and it's very key because she said with your community because community doesn't have to be the people that you live around or you work around but it's the people you choose to influence and impact in my opinion and being a leader and something I really want to touch upon here because there's a lot of people I call armchair leaders you know the guys that say they do stuff or the ladies that say they do stuff but they never really go out there and prove it so in your own words what would you say your definition of a leader would be?
1: So my definition is someone who is fully present in the moments that need to have presence, right? When I'm working, I'm fully present. When I'm with my wife, I'm fully present. When I'm with my daughter, I'm fully present. And it's not easy. The second thing is, like, you have to have extreme clarity on who you are. So one of the first things I do with people is we go through something called the clarity code. We write down, where are you right now? Exactly. No lies in your life. And I did this for myself. And when I first got married, I was forty pounds overweight. My wife sat me down, and I'll, ne- dude, I'll never forget this. She said, "I didn't get married to be alone." Those were her words. Wow. And I was like, "Wait a second! What the hell is she talking about? Like, we have a nice life, nice cars, nice home. We go on vacation. What more can she want, right?" And I just, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I said, "Dude, that's that's exactly." what i saw in my in the in my family members that i didn't want to embody it's exactly what i saw in the in the community around me that i didn't want to emulate that's who i became i was out of shape i was not present with my wife i was pretending to know what i was doing at work and i was lying to myself and the first thing a leader has to do is stop lying to themselves right just be honest and because i go through like I give speeches and, I, and I'll and i sit with the people at the conventions, at the conferences, and they'll just be lying, oh, everything's great, 80 pounds overweight. And the first thing I'll ask is, when are we gonna get yourself to lose weight? You know? Yeah. Or I know that they have friends who say like, oh man, the life back at their home is just a mess. So you have to be honest with yourself. The second you can be honest with yourself is the second that you can start changing what you need to change to have more success. Yeah, that's actually very true please continue sorry no no so so after you're honest with yourself right you have to become you have to be courageous to know what needs to change and that's where i think like leadership when i uh i have the honor um this month or next month of volunteering i don't know when this podcast is going to come out but there's a book out there called extreme ownership it's One of the most incredible books I've ever read. It's written by two Navy SEALs who talk about their time in Afghanistan, in war, and how they took ownership of their teams and themselves. And I have the honor of assisting them uh, at the event. And I know that courage plays a huge part in these guys who go out and go to war, right? Sometimes they don't even know what they're fighting for. Sometimes they don't even know what's going to be beyond that door, but they're just super courageous. And then the last thing, uh, So we can really talk about these three is being committed to it. I see so much, like the word entrepreneur scares me because an entrepreneur today is just somebody who says that they have an idea. It's not somebody who's really committed to doing the idea and seeing it full throttle through. Yeah. You know, so being committed to yourself, to what you promise yourself, to what you want to change, that's what leadership is about.
0: That's incredible. And I agree with you entirely. Something I do want to touch upon as well is, the amount of entrepreneurs, quote-unquote entrepreneurs out there, that, again, again, it's, it's going to sound very egotistical and it's not meant to. So I apologize if I offend anyone in the wrong way. It's not meant to offend you. But I've had it with so many people saying that I'm an entrepreneur and you ask them what businesses they run and they tell you they have a service they provide as a freelancer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's... You're still try, you're trading time for money, but you're just how much money it is. You're not really an entrepreneur at that point uh, until you actually have a business that automates, you know, you can go on holiday and it doesn't depend on whether or not you work or not. I think that's when you start really classing yourself as an entrepreneur is when you actually are no longer in the time for money trade. And something about leadership that truly, or oh, it scares me very similar to the, how entrepreneur may, the, the term entrepreneur may scare you. For me, it's the word leadership. And yeah. that is being able... And something I actually have a question for you because it's something I've been I've been asking myself uh, all throughout summer. But more importantly, the more I post about like this shit that's going on in my life, the more I've actually noticed that more and more people are coming in and asking the same questions. So it's a perfect opportunity to ask you, really. Uh, and that question is, how the hell do you show up? Because you hear all these people and this little thing that scares me about the lead I hear a lot of people say... As a leader, you need to show up. And I'm like, okay, how do you show up? I mean, fair enough, you're taking responsibility of what's around you, but how do you show up? What is what is the actual step to show up? Do you make a decision that you're going to show up and just start doing random shit until something sticks? Or is there, like, a, a, a code that you follow? Like you said yourself, you have your code of... What was the thing that you guys... Code of... The clarity code? The clarity code. Like, you have something yeah. like that. Is that something that you do right away? I'm just, just curious. curious.
1: So before I go on, I'm, I'm going to guess, uh, am I allowed to cuss on the show?
0: Oh, by all means, the show invites okay. it. <laughs> I just realized we didn't actually have this conversation beforehand. It's like, yeah. to, he said shit. He should totally. Do, was that No, we're totally allowed.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. So I, sh- I try to show up because it's, tr- I say the word try because it's work every day I have to do with the least amount of bullshit on my plate. And let me explain that to show up as a leader, entrepreneur, if you don't take care of the shit that's in your life, that's like Alex says creates noise and pressure, that's like his term. Yep. You're showing up inconsistent consistently. And when you show up inconsistent, it breeds insecurity. Even to yourself. So if I show up to work and I'm and I've had a fight with my wife, I'm I haven't, you know, paid my bills, and I'm going to show up to work. It's a bunch of crap. Right. Now, showing up for me as a leader, like you said, I also, it's funny that you said that you don't like the word leader or that it kind of rubs you the wrong way. I invented my own word for myself. And that word is liderado. And when you put ATO on a word as a suffix, it means that inconsistent, right? So I'm consistently leading. I have to be consistently Doing what I promised myself I was going to do. So I don't call myself a leader, and in my groups, we're not leaders, we're leaderado, right? But -hmm. that's a whole different ballgame. So I think that the biggest mistake that people make is they show up with a bunch of baggage. I have a, a phrase that I always say is leading with baggage is misleading. And so that's why I talk about the clarity code, right? You need to clear out. All the baggage that you have, if you got to go to therapy, go to therapy. If you have an addiction of some sort, go get that shit handled, right? Um, right. If you have issues with your wife, or your husband, with, like you have to handle that stuff. And so the reason why entrepreneur, that word rubs me the wrong way like it does for you is because I as an entrepreneur, I went to battle, bro. I paid payroll. I didn't pay myself paychecks. I had, you know – Um, federal audits and we had um, laws and like we had to deal with so many things that it was just like you said exchanging dollars for hours where at some point we were able to say hey man let's go on a trip for 15 days and it was automated and so I agree with you I think that the idea of entrepreneurship is is important and it's pretty but when it comes to it lots of people won't stick to it and do the work and show up as an entrepreneur, to succeed. Does that make sense?
0: That makes sense entirely, and I agree with you wholeheartedly with that. It's not a lot of like people are willing to do it.
1: I think that you can have an idea and be called an entrepreneur. That's fine. Like, I'll, I'll give it to you, right? And and I think, I think that's why I work a lot with the, the guys. It's mostly men that I work with, and the guys who um, I work with the most have employees because in order to lead, you have to be... Um, let me take this a different route, right? The guys who come to work with me know that leadership is important because they have the responsibility of having to pay employees and their families and their communities on that route, right? And if you can automate that, it's just so much easier for you, your family, your life, to be able to be healthy in the long run.
0: Agreed. That That's something that's so true. And something that... Um, terrifies me honestly it's something that alex talks about quite often is building a team around you Mm -hmm. You and i always used to have this whole thing it was like i can build a team around me or i can do this on my own because if i have it's on my own then at least i'm only responsible for me if i have a team around me i'm responsible for other people now funnily enough it wasn't until i started hiring someone to actually edit my show meaning in the sense of um making sure the show notes were done the release dates were done the schedules are set so i had like It was a consistent release. It wasn't like, hey, once a month, I release 10 shows. It was, no, it's released once a week gradually. So it's rolled out. So people have something to look forward to. And um, it wasn't until I did that that I started getting consistency. And more importantly, getting people like yourself on my show. So yeah, just having that one little turn of responsibility improves results. It's scary, but it improves results. Now, something I really want to speak to you about is... um, you've you've spoken a lot about um how people can essentially how to put this in a way so I'm, like i'm trying to like verbalize exactly what my thought pattern is but it's like three questions coming up at the same time it's like really confusing so we'll go for the simplest one that comes up which yeah. is more or less if you really had to sit down with uh your kids you know when they when they're turning one they say hey dad i want to start business i want to do this what advice would you give me? Because by the time they get to that, the technology is going to be different. The uh, Everything's practically going to change. I mean, if we look at the way the world's changed in the last 20 years compared to, you know, the next 20, what advice would you give to your kids um, that are timeless principles?
1: The first advice I would give is know that your ego is going to get in the way. It's going to get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it got in the way with, I believe my father, right? When he was building his business and he kept on saying, I'm doing this for you guys. I'm doing this for you guys. The truth is he was, he was doing it for himself, right? To prove a point, to, to prove something. And when your ego gets in the way of what you need to accomplish, it can become detrimental. When you don't share what's going on with your ego with yourself, it becomes detrimental. So share what's happening Second one is surround yourself with like-minded people. I think that that's why these days masterminds and coaching is so popular because when I go back to my father, he didn't really share his feelings. Whenever he sat down, whenever he came home at eight o'clock at night, I said, dad, how was your day? And he would say, oh, everything was fine. But it wasn't. He wouldn't share what was really going on. And he didn't have anybody to really share with his trials and tribulations so that they can help him out somehow. So, You need to surround yourself with people who support you truly and who will support you and call you out on your bullshit, who will call you out on exactly what's happening, what you need to do. I think that's super important as well. So one, check your ego. Two, surround yourself with people who will support you. And three, I'm not a a health guru, but I believe in your health has to come first. Yep. I deal with clients who have substance abuse issues. I deal with clients who are um, are getting divorced and won't admit it, just won't admit it. You know, if you're not dealing with your health, it's something I talk about, which is condition your mind and your body. It's not going to work. Thirty-three percent of entrepreneurs are depressed. Sixty percent of those are have substance abuse. It's insane one out of 3. And these are the people who who are starting businesses, right? Entrepreneur or not, like it or not that word, who are responsible for employees, for people in their community, the people that they're impacting, the quality of their product, and they're not taking care of themselves. I think that's dangerous. <laughs> to them, to their families, and to us as consumers. You know? Yeah. So those are probably like the three things. one check your ego at the door. two surround yourself with people who will support you and three, take care of your mental and your physical health.
0: I agree with that. Um, now something I do want to ask you as well because this is a fear that I had. I mean it's a fear that I'm overcoming slowly. you gotta the way I always put it is um, like my early career was I actually used to be a tie boxer. I used to find tie boxing in MMA and martial arts. Oh, is, wow. a, is a it's a huge part of my life. Um, it's actually probably the reason why, like, I always like my back against the wall and things, because whenever my back's against the wall, I always know, like, okay, time to bite down in the mouth, Pete, and start swinging. You know, you don't yeah. know what you're going to hit, because you always get lucky, or you're basically going to get your ass kicked, or you're going to kick some ass, either one's going to come out. Um, but you got to be a little bit tactical. Now, the thing is, being vulnerable to that level, to ask for help... And I think it's more of a guy thing than it's a girl thing. And thankfully, it's starting to shift where now more men are coming out talking about how they feel, you know, how they want advice and support. With with your experience, what have you found is like the key thing to that? Do you think it's just like going out and saying, hey guys, you know, this is how I feel right now and I really need support in this place for someone that's not used to, or very used to asking? Or would you say it's like slowly opening up a Little at a time rather than open the entire parachute of what's going on internally because um, some guys are terrified that if they actually come out and say, Hey, um, you know, I feel depressed, I'm addicted to something, um, I'm overweight, you know, this is happening, I don't feel like this, life's kicking me in, in the nether regions, I don't want it to, they'll feel like they're coming off weak, and a lot of people are going to use that as a uh, take advantage of them. Other times as well, how much do they actually, I guess, my question is, how much how quickly should they become vulnerable? Should it be like I'm fully vulnerable from the get-go or slowly, gradually build up to it to the point where it's consistently you're being vulnerable and asking for help?
1: So I think the issue a lot is the word vulnerable. And so let's talk about men, right? Cause that's what you brought up and that's who I mostly deal with. I think the word vulnerable has a feminine energy to it. Mm-hmm. And so men don't like to be vulnerable. Yeah. So I had to become vulnerable, right? When I when my wife said, "Dude, you you know, you're not here, you're not present, I'm not happy." I started going to therapy and getting coaching. But for me it wasn't about being vulnerable, it was just about being honest. I need to start being honest. I need to start being honest with my feelings. I need to stop holding back what I want to say but make sure I say it in a way that's um, that's healthy right? That I don't just explode.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I need to start being honest with myself, with what's happening in my life, in my mind, in my body. Because vulnerability kind of sounds hard, right? It sounds like, oh, you have to like tap into that feminine energy and be vulnerable. And some guys just don't want to do that. they fine. Right. So be honest. Just be fucking honest. If you're feeling something, express it. If you're needing help, Express it. Cut it out. Thinking that you can do it all, you can't do it all, right? You you were an MMA fighter, and I do I respect the hell out of that. It's one thing I want to get into. I've never been punched in the face. Oh wow, well, that's and, and a it's passage. Some, yeah, and I've never punched somebody in the face. I've always been able to talk my way through stuff. Um, and it's something I just told my wife. I said, you know, I want to get into Krav Maga, I want to get into Jujitsu or something because I feel like I need to get that energy out. But You needed a coach. You couldn't just jump in the ring and start swinging. Yeah. Right? Right. When you got punched in the face, that was a very, very vulnerable moment where you're like, all right, hold on. Let me figure out what I need to protect my face again so I don't get hit so hard. Right? Right. And so it's not about being vulnerable. It's about like, you just have to be honest. Your coach is honest with you. Hey, you didn't keep your hands up. That's why you got your ass handed to you. Yep. It's the same thing. Just be honest. If you're not happy in your marriage... The only way it's gonna work out is honesty. If you're not able to, um, oh, great example, right? I can't do a website. I, I promise you I can sit here, I can pretend like I can do it, I can waste my time, or I can just be honest with myself and say, hey, I'm gonna hire somebody. Or like you said, you do copywriting, right. right? I might not be the best at copywriting. So you say like, why don't I just hire the best to tell me honestly, what they think, or help me out. Because honesty will get you to have more success. It's what happened with my brother and I when we were in the pawn shops. The moment we said we need more people, the moment we said, or I said, I don't know accounting like an accountant or a controller, we need to hire somebody. I don't know law like a lawyer, that's when we were able able to take our business to the next level, make more money, have more freedom, and enjoy life, is when we started becoming honest. That's that's how I went through this this growing. I started becoming honest, saying like, man, I got problems, I, I had people-pleasing p- problems. I said yes to everything, right? Mm-hmm. I had sexual addiction problems. When I was 23 years old, I dealt with everything in my life through sex. No emotions, no being honest, it was just, who am I gonna fuck next? Because that satisfied it satisfied me, but to be honest with you, it was one after the other, two or three at a time. Not to like toot my own horn because it wasn't healthy, right? Not to be like, oh, I'm such a player, but I know that it was, it sucked because I was just pretending like I was okay, and it was an addiction that I was just, it was like a, a quick fix. Yeah. And so once once I was honest with myself, and then once. The listener, whoever I'm talking to, whoever is listening to this, once you're honest with yourself and you cut the bullshit, that's when you more success will happen, more happiness will happen.
0: That's actually quite true. And something just to relate to you right now, um, that addiction is – this the sex addiction is probably the most – I want to say the confusing, but it's um, it's the one that everyone wants to high-five you on. Yeah. Every guy is yeah. like, oh, my God, you totally did that. That's so up top. But you're like – dude, I'm trying to fill a hole where there should be feeling. And I only get that feeling in short bursts. I totally, yeah. get, I, I totally get that. That is, um, that it's not a fun place to be. It really isn't. Because it totally upsets like relationships that you can have that are very meaningful. Because you're there and you're like, okay, I really want this thing. I really want this thing. You get that thing. And because you're dishonest with yourself, you're dishonest with what's going on, um, and dishonest about your feelings to yourself and others... The moment you're in that thing that you wanted, now you're looking for the next thing that will give you that same rush.
1: Yeah. And yeah it's, it's why i That's why it's, I have a vision of, of doing this in the college market at some point because I think that a lot of kids, you know, 18, 19, 20, 20, like that age bracket, they're so susceptible to that. And when you're in college and you're drinking and you're fucking and like you're not really dealing with what happened in your life, any traumas, uh, it, it, it kicks your butt in the long run. You oh, know it. Knows, yeah. You know you're you're 35 years old. You can't have a relationship. Um, you don't know what's happening. There's no success. And if you go back to it, it's that time. So, you know, my advice is, you gotta you gotta fix the mental state. And a lot of people talk about like, yeah, mental state, and just move forward. And you know, it's all about being men- no, 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 hold on one second. Hold the fuck on. You can't just turn mental state on when you've gone through some type of trauma when there, because we all go through it. Something, right? Something right. happens in our life. You don't think about it or not. It's traumatic. Mine was at the age of 17, 18. I was in love with a girl. Uh, we were in love for years or what I thought what love was. All of a sudden, her parents said she needs to go to Mexico to marry somebody because you're not old enough. And she's like, oh, she just agreed to it. And I never dealt with it, so I went into like this life of, of sex, right? That's how I like, was coping with it. Mm-hmm. And it it wasn't even until I really dealt with that, recent, semi recently, that that's when my business started to succeed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I I had I had I had the pawn shops, I had employees, we were making money, but it wasn't until I dealt with that that my business went from one million a year to five million a year. It wasn't that I dealt with that stuff that I can have a happy relationship with my wife. And we started off saying this family first. It wasn't until I dealt with all that stuff that I realized how important my family is in order for me to succeed. And I had to deal with it in order for them to be okay.
0: It's quite powerful. And thank you, by the way, so much for sharing that because that is – I know there's a few people on this show personally who are listening who are going through that same situation right now where something kicked them in the ass, like really harshly. And what they did was they ran to the drink, they ran to the sex, they ran to the drugs, and that's the way they dealt with it. And today they're just looking at themselves going, the hell am I doing with my life? Yeah. And that's the reason, one of the reasons why I asked that question is in how do you show up? Because straight honesty with my own stuff, I know for a fact where I come from and what I look at is my own uh, weakness. And again, this is something, again, with people I've shared, hey, this is how I feel, this is what's going on, this is my honesty, this is the vulnerability I shared at the time. And these questions came back to me, particularly as a guy very similar to you. I was head over heels in love with this girl. She was absolutely amazing. We're still friends to this day, sort of. Um, But after she broke my heart, I kind of went from... I haven't dealt with this feeling of not being loved to I will find superficial love in every single facet I can. And that's that's essentially what it was. I mean, um, uh, we'll talk about it later off air and stuff. But like there was something, mainly because I don't want to share this part just yet because I haven't really uh, got to that point where I can share about it. But there was uh, something I did that was so destructive in my life that it actually shifted four very big relationships in my life and completely moved them away from me. Two of them were, you know, relationships in the sense of I got engaged with one of the people and the other person was a was a long-term girlfriend. And two of the people were two of my best friends. And I just pushed everyone away because of it. Yeah. Because I couldn't handle or deal with it. And it's only now, I mean, I'm turning 28. By the time the show comes out, I would have turned 28 at the end of September. And I can tell you right now, it, now is the time that I wish... I'd gone back at that time and had someone like you walk up to me and just say, Hey, listen, you need to be honest with your shirt, you need to like start owning that stuff. Because every self help book under the sun will tell you be a leader, own your shit, do this. But not very not very many of them from what I can gather, give you the same tools that you're giving right now. Because what
1: you're doing is something incredible. Well, and I'll say thank you for sharing that. Man. And I think it's it's never too late right? It it wasn't for me. It's never too late to deal with your shit. I think that every self-help book comes at it um, with moving forward. Like, oh, just, you know, this is what you need to do to be a leader. Step one, step two, step three. And rarely does it say deal with your shit. Like look into your mental state and deal with what's happening in your life. Fix that stuff first. And then step two can be we'll get to your leadership after that, and it's what I do with my clients. It's where are we at? What's going on? Be honest. Let's deal with this stuff first. If it's out of my realm because I'm not a therapist, obviously I say, "Do go to a therapist." That's traumatic. You need to deal with that stuff, right? Uh, I had a client who was doing, you know, twenty five million dollars a year in business and wanted me to come coach his management for leadership, and I asked him a question. I'm like, "Oh, you're married? How's your marriage?" He's like, "Oh, you know, it's kind of crappy." You know, it's probably going to end up in divorce. I'm like, wait a second. So you want me to go in and manage your employees for them to be happier and leaders, but you won't take that on yourself? And at the end of the day, he fired me. Seriously. He fired me because most of our work was on his relationship and he was so uncomfortable with it. So, I mean, but I told him, I said, I will not work with you or your employees until either you get your shit right with your wife or you let her go and you get a divorce. And he fired me. He's like, I don't want to work with you. I was like, okay, (laughs) I won't do it. Because what am I going to do? Sit there and bullshit his employees that their owner is this great leader who wants them to be happy but won't be the example? Like that's what leadership – you asked me what leadership is, right? Leadership is being the example. Leadership is when you're on the ropes, like you said, and taking punches, taking the punches and not running away, not being cowardly. That's what leadership is. When your company fucking hit the iceberg and is about to go down, that you'll go down with the ship. That's leadership. And that's why I respect a lot of these guys, these Navy SEALs, because that's what they're all about. It's like my brothers. I'm going down with my brothers. I'm running into that door, not knowing what's at the other moment. It's why I respect like guys in MMA and Jiu Jitsu. Seriously. Getting the shit beat out of you. Like we just had the fight, the McGregor Mayweather fight, yeah. right? And on Facebook everywhere, I started reading people saying like, oh, you know, that was bought. That was so fake. Um, How can that be? That was so stupid. I'm like, dude, let me see you have the balls to go in there and get the shit beat out of you, even with gloves on, right, to take Mm -hmm. a punch and then come out and talk about it. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. You don't have the balls to do regular stuff in your life. And you're going to sit there and talk about how the fight wasn't fair or It was sold you know it was um what's the word i'm looking for uh uh scripted it was scripted right i'm like shut up man shut up
0: oh yeah no i mean i'm i'm all for like i've seen again the 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 term armchair and keyboard warriors come to mind yeah it's like the reason i didn't i didn't even like i know you probably haven't seen this but like i didn't write about anything about mcgregor or mayweather leading up to this fight if i got my ask my opinion who do you think is going to win it's a boxing match. I'm going to give it to the guy that's like yeah. perfect. It's the best defensive boxer we've seen in all time. Yeah. But am I going to take it away from the guy that basically moves weirdly, can hit you at different angles, and has like serious knockout power? No, he's got a puncher's chance. Yeah. Anyone has proven that in the history of fighting, you have a puncher's chance. Yeah. But anyone that says that it's scripted, look, I respect your opinion. But at the same time, unless you've climbed in there yourself... And had your ass whooped by another person that knows what they're doing. <laughs> shut your fucking mouth and go sit in the fucking corner. Pay your money. Be cool. Have a beer. Because like, as a guy that's been in there, I mean, I broke. Uh, okay, kind of going off on this a little bit. The thing is, my biggest problem with stuff like that is, I've had I've fought with broken wrists, twisted out kneecaps. I've wow. shattered my. I I tore my ACL in one of my fights and completed the fight by knockout. I went out, it was either he goes out or I go out on my shield. There's no two ways about this. Yeah. Um, I've had a guy break my jaw in the in an actual fight. Jeez. And I like this is the shit that I would live through. <laughs> I mean, like, when I was like, this is my early years up until I was like 21, 22. And this is the reason I have an insane pain threshold, even when I'm doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu now, right now. Someone's got me in a Nambar. I'll let them like bend my, I had a guy almost break my arm the other day, just simply because of like, you know, I let my arm go so far because I have mobility. But yeah. I, kept, I kept trying to get out. I was like, nope, I can feel the pain, feel the pain. I'll be okay. My, like, okay, at this point, it's stupid. Tap out, you know, let that ego go. It's fine. But my yeah. younger years, the ego reigns supreme. I let it reign supreme. But the reason I'm bringing this up right now is fighting a guy that is so masterful in the way they do things At that same level, to say it's scripted, I'm sorry, but you can't script or choreograph 10 rounds, 30 minutes of nonstop action.
1: Yeah.
0: Especially if you look at the the numbers, McGregor landed 111 punches on Mayweather, which is no joke, by the way. Yeah. But Mayweather turned that that heat up later in the rounds and took him out, and he knocked him out. Yeah. That was incredible. That was incredible. So in my opinion, in my humble opinion, the way I say it is unless you've climbed in there and actually gotten your face punched a couple of times by either man, I'd say don't don't say that it was fixed. Yeah. Get in there with someone like that, understand how hard a punch actually feels to the face and go, Okay, that wasn't fixed. That actually hurt. Because remember you're putting yeah. they don't have headgear. They're getting hit yeah. in the fucking head. Yeah. Message yeah. your brain. But um kind of like backtracking a little bit, something they will say about navy SEALs and even like seasoned martial artists is the level of discipline they have for their craft is admirable in my opinion
1: yeah and and something i learned you know i have a show on youtube called small business big leaders where i go into local businesses here in san diego and we talk about leadership and business and i was interviewing a guy named Corey withrow who's an ex-nfl player Mm -hmm. something i learned from him that mcgregor said after the fight was Corey said you know in order to succeed you have to have a very short memory. You have to forget quickly. And I said, dude, explain that. You know, he said, "If I," he was a defensive lineman and he would say, you know, if I let the guy through, something happened, I couldn't sit there and dwell on it on the next play. I had to think about the next play. And McGregor said the same thing right after. He's like, man, you know, this isn't gonna get me down. I've been choked on live TV. I've been knocked out on live TV. It's on to the next thing. And I do think as leaders and as, as entrepreneurs and business owners, we tend to dwell A lot on old stuff and it bogs us down and we make the problems bigger than they really are which paralyzes us doesn't let us move forward and doesn't let us succeed you know
0: yeah so it's it's so true because as you mentioned um, that's probably one of the true statements there is and the other one that McGregor says quite often because you can learn a lot about business from that man yeah Um, I mean, think about it. He was, the, the dude was living just above the breadline like five, six years ago. Yeah. To six years later, signing over $140 million in bonuses, sponsorships, and everything else. Plus, he's got his own brand of whiskey. He's being sponsored by Beats by Dre, some weird um, toothpaste company that's paying him like millions of dollars a year yeah. to do ads. And he's got his own clothing line coming out. You tell me you can do that in the short space of time. And he's done it in such a way. So it's to start with. But the second thing he says is be humble in victory and be humble in defeat. Yep. So when you win, be gracious. When you lose, stay gracious.
1: Which he did, which he really, really did. And I also think that another lesson I learned um, is as you're going up the ladder of leadership, as you're going up the ladder of success, you are going to have an extreme amount of haters. Mm -hmm. You are going to have to do things that people don't like. And that's okay. If you do things to please everybody, that is not leadership and it will not get you success. Guaranteed.
0: Yep. What's his face? As uh, much as a lot of people don't like this man, he did. He has a great quote and that's Bill Cosby. He said it best. It goes, um, you can please some of the people some of the time, but you can't, and you can displease some of the people some of the time. But you can't please all the people all the time. And I realized that the more I stopped caring about how to please other people all the time, that's when I found my success or something along those lines. It was a, it yeah. was, it was a paraphrased quote. And it's so true because you as someone, as you mentioned earlier, was um, you were a classic people pleaser. Yep, totally. Yeah. And uh, okay, so for the benefit of the audience that are listening, what would you say was the quick, that was the shift for you that went from people pleaser to man on my own? Like, was it a book that you read or was it just a series of practices?
1: So I was, I was letting people down a lot and I was realizing that. I was saying yes to a lot of things that I didn't want to do, giving up a lot of my time. I w- it was affecting my relationship with my wife. It was affecting my health. And then somebody recommended a book, which I'll recommend to those people-pleasers listening now. It's called The Disease to Please. And The Disease to Please, when I read it, it explained who i was exactly like exactly and i know there's a, there's a book out there today that a lot of guys are reading called no more mr nice guy uh, it's on my reading list but i just realized that i was saying yes to everybody and i was i was pretending to be somebody i wasn't in order for people to like me and it was causing me to derail who i was like it was affecting me mentally I was getting mentally sick. I was getting physically sick because yet I, w- I was yes, man. I said yes to everything. And I didn't have enough time to do all the shit. It was, it was impossible. So now people, I was letting people down, right? I was trying to please people. Now people were saying how I didn't have integrity, how I wasn't finishing stuff, how I wasn't somebody to who was consistent. And that was hurting me even more. And I said, I'm done. I read the book. It's, it's still something I deal with because I believe just like addiction of substance, you have pleasing addiction. I think it doesn't go away. You just have to continuously work on it and make sure that it, it's uh, it's at the forefront when you're about to say yes to something. So.
0: That I do agree with in like many things that we've had this conversation with today. It's another thing that's true. And yeah. um, for anyone that's listening out there that is going through that situation where you're letting people down, you're beating yourself up because that's something that you know that isn't really spoken about as much is when you let other people down, people go that person let me down, how dare they you, know, you don't want to be the person that lets people down you rarely hear about the other side of the person that did let that person down it's, it's yeah. not like they're doing it intentionally, it's so life gets on top of them and they feel, in all fairness, they feel like shit, I'm sure you felt like shit as well when you let people down, you're like I know I can do this, why can't I do this
1: yeah, I mean, because all I wanted to do was please somebody. So yeah. when I let them down, it was even worse than yeah. saying no. Like when I say no now to something and somebody gets let down, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry I couldn't be there. My apologize. I apologize. When I said yes to somebody and I let them down, I felt way crappier. I, mean, just, I felt way worse. So I didn't want to feel that bad. So no for me was a better option moving forward. Yeah.
0: I, I agree with you entirely. I mean, it's a short-term pain versus a long-term disappointment that hurts you and the other party. Yeah. Now this brings me to my favorite set of questions on the show that I, that's the only pre-scripted pre-ordained questions I have that I love to ask because you get such great um, responses from people and we've spoken to a huge extent about these things. But in your life, When you were at your lowest low, I'm talking confidence shattered beyond belief. You didn't even think you could get back up. What did you do to get your ass back up? And what advice would you give to someone that's going through that to get themselves back up?
1: I asked for help. Because when you're in the shit, when you're so deep in it, it's hard to see your surroundings and know what needs to be done. So for me, it was asking for help when when the shit was bad i went to a therapist i hired a coach i worked with alex for a while right Mm um that's that's my number one thing like don't pretend you can do it by yourself when you're in the shit don't don't think that you can get out of this by yourself because you're so deep in it it's hard to see the horizon ask for help that's my that's my final answer
0: (laughs) just ask for help that's a powerful thing indeed Now, my favorite question on the show that's been running for almost three years because I love it so goddamn much is the question of if you were to give three pieces of advice to an entrepreneur or just anyone really listening on this. Usually it's for entrepreneurs that are going through a struggle point, you know, where they're in that bottom part of the roller coaster before they climb back up again or uh, to an entrepreneur that's plateaued. But we're going to open up the doors to just anyone listening to this right now. What three pieces of advice would you give as
1: action steps for someone to take right away? One is sit down and write out exactly where you are. Right, Be very, very honest with yourself. Exactly where am I? Where am I in my business? Where am I in my life? What's going on? Step two, where do you want to be? Because a lot of times, and this this sounds really simple, but I think that a lot of entrepreneurs forget to do this on a consistent basis. Step two is write down where you want to go okay Mm -hmm. and step three is have the courage to get in the ring like you did take some punches and ask for help again so you know where you are today you know where you want to be now become courageous and start the fight go to war and if you're getting caught up a little bit hire out somebody who can get you to the next level and i'm not saying hire up because i'm a coach and come hire me right i'm saying hire up because I have things that I just don't know. I know some accounting. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I can't profess that I'm an accountant or a controller. I know some great marketing. I'm not a marketing guru. You need to, in order to get to the next level, you need to hire somebody who will take you there. Because as an entrepreneur, I think people pay for courses and watch a lot of videos, but if if your skin isn't in the game, you're not going to take the advice. Like, I'll go back to your fighting. You knew that if if they were just giving you advice to punch a bag outside of the ring, eh, maybe you didn't train so hard. But you knew that you were going to get in the ring and get the shit beat out of you if you didn't take advice. Am I correct?
0: Entirely.
1: So you took that advice. You had skin in the game. So, yeah, spend money and hire somebody who knows it better than you do.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Could not disagree with the single point you said in fact one of the best things i ever did for my business was hiring a coach yep made my life so much easier and made everything easier but you know dude i've re- i've really truly appreciated you being so goddamn open on this show and giving so much of your time today
1: no it's, it's um, been a pleasure man and, and i hope that uh, those listening know that i speak from the heart when i say you know ask for help i speak from the heart when i say if you want to lead you can't lead by having all that baggage. So,
0: agreed. It's so true. And guys, if there's anything I can actually advise you, to do just go, go check out EGAL's work. I mean, um, you it's unlock the
1: unlock the leader. Yeah. So UnlockTheLeader.com is going to be the course I'm coming out with. You can find me all over social media, at igaladado on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I have my speakers page at, at EGALAdato.com, but. I mean, if you just type in egal, Y I G A L, there's not many of me around. Yep. Um, find me, reach out to me, let's chat and see how I can help with pleasure.
0: I can almost guarantee you he's practically like me, the only one in the world with the same first <laughs> and surname. So he'll be easy as hell to find. And True. if you can't find him, just look up for the speaker bio and the and the image I have for him on the show. And just find, you'll go, okay, that guy looks like this guy. That might be the same guy. Let's go talk to him. <laughs> he's a very approachable <laughs> guy and he's super nice. And hey, if you guys get a chance to work with him, take it. The guy's amazing at what he does. Yigal, um, thank you so much for actually taking the time for being here today. And uh, guys, go check out um, his new site, his old site, and everything else in between. Just YouTube, Google, everything. He's giving you such great resource today. Go check it out. As always, links will be in the description below. Um, and you go, again, one last time. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope we get you back on the show again.
1: It's awesome, brother, and I, uh, I look forward to it. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks.